Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner, and BizSimply is the all-in-one HR workforce management rotate operation software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. Well, I think, you know, credibility helps to build trust, and credibility is something you can achieve by sharing the content with your audience that your audience is interested in. And if you help educate, quote unquote, your audience, if you make them smarter, if you make them wiser about the topic that you all care about, that you and your followers, your customers care about, for whatever reason, it can be idealism, but it also can be very pragmatic, pragmatic information. It can be insights on how to run a better business. Meet Herman Cooper. He has had a long and successful career in Nestle, where he has been working with chain, sales, and marketing in food service and become an expert in social selling. I met Herman through my other venture, Paul's Kitchen. And thank you for the intro, Fiona Fitzpatrick. Really appreciate it. As I started learning more about Herman and his approach to things, I found out there's something different here about how this man thinks about demand and how you build it, especially via LinkedIn. And we all know consistent demand equals predictable growth. So it was a no-brainer to get him on the show so you also could learn these things. We talk about how you can use social selling as a strategy to grow your sales, your brand, your personal brand, and as well as attracting investment. We discuss some of the essential strategies and best practices for individuals and businesses and why it's important to keep these in mind as you're building your new strategies for social selling. There's lots of great nuggets in this conversation about how to become better or starting with social selling. If you want to get more insights on what the Maverick leaders know and do, as well as more backstage info on the show, sign up for our weekly newsletter, Maverick Talk, five minutes each week that could transform your leadership and business forever. Find the link in the show notes or visit hospitalitymavericks.com and sign up there. Enjoy. So today we're going to dive into a subject I I didn't know it was actually called social selling, but Herman, who answers the guest, when I met him, I think it was over the summer. I can't actually 100% remember. He introduced me to this and uh, I thought this was really interesting. It's a principle, something we all do, but we may be not very aware about what we're doing. And actually all leaders are doing this definitely in today's world where we want to be authorities, we want to influence decision makers. We might want people to buy into our brands. They could be your employees, suppliers whatever it is, but also it can be very, very powerful when you want to grow your business or raise investment, whatever it is. So I thought it would be really interesting to, to get Herman on the program. He could tell about his own background in a moment uh, because this is one of the things he has spent quite a big part of his uh, career on actually finding out how can you actually 
do social selling and how can you actually make it work and generate it into in the end of the day we all need sales or investment to to run our businesses so with that said welcome to the show herman it's a great pleasure to to have you here it's an honor to be here michael thank you for the invitation and and herman just for people to understand a bit about you and and the context and why you can talk about social selling and where you have practiced this through your career can can you talk a bit about you know you have an incredible career with nestle uh, but talk a bit about that but also how you actually got there and how you actually ended up with with social selling and then we'll dump into the to the subject of social selling after that sure yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I spent uh, the last 17 years of my life with the fantastic company Nestle. Uh, I've always worked in the in the business to business part of the Nestle company. Uh, it's called Nestle Professional. And Nestle Professional basically targets their business at the out of home market. Uh, so think about restaurants, think about catering companies, but also think about uh, BNI, uh, business and industry. Uh, think about uh, the non-profit organizations like hospitals, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So basically all the consumption of food and beverages out of home is what Nestle Professional services and caters for. I've had a pretty rich uh, career in Nestle Professional. So I started back in 2006 in the Netherlands as, uh, as head of business development for both the food and beverages uh, categories I worked in the Dutch organization for about four years, then was uh, invited to join a global team uh, looking at best practices around uh, sales and marketing. Uh, we developed a CRM tool. We implemented it in a number of markets. Um, then after a few years, uh, I had the, uh, the pleasure to join the global sales team uh, where I looked at sales funnel methodologies, sales uh, sales and lead management and then after the global sales role i joined the the european uh, marketing team from nestle professional and that's basically where i first came into contact with uh, with social selling uh, it was around 2014 and linkedin of course was already quite an active platform uh, but then that's the moment when I got really interested in, in LinkedIn, and I'll talk about it in a bit more later, but just to finish my career and my background in Nestle. Uh, and then in 2016, I joined my last role uh, as a global sales, uh, sorry, as a, um, as a global change lead, where I basically joined all the experiences that I built up over the years before into a role being the change management lead of a large program around what at the time we called customer lifecycle management. I will not go into too much detail there, but it basically covers the entire business sales marketing service and how we could become more customer centric rather than product centric. So, so that that's an incredible journey and a lot of sales and marketing and and, and I think it'd be really good now because as you still said yourself, social selling it, it's a big enough subject in sales. Like, so let's dive into what is actually social selling and you know what is good and what is bad looking like in principle. Okay, so social selling ultimately is all about building meaningful relationships using social media. So. Social selling is not 
for example, um, you know, using social media as a new channel for spamming uh, people. Mm. Uh, social selling does not, from a sales perspective, it does not replace one-on-one uh, relationship building, uh, uh, a personal relationship building, I should say. It doesn't replace email and phone contact, for example. Uh, I've had many questions in the past of people basically, you know, saying, yeah, but if, if we start with social selling, then, uh, you know, I, I will not have any time left to, to have personal conversation. Obviously, it's not the idea behind social selling is definitely not to replace what a salesperson is already doing today. And that is building relationships in general. So basically, you know, if you look at social selling and if you look at, at the past and why social selling is becoming so important, in my view, you know, in the past, sellers would know a lot about the products that they were selling and the buyers would in general know less about the products than the salesperson. Uh, sales was also, like I said earlier, it's about one-on-one -on -one relationship building. Now, because of the pressures on, on companies, because of, let's say, the need to, 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 to establish higher productivity, um, that, that core objective of sales, if you will, has, has gone to the background. A salesperson, if you, if you look at, at research that uh, companies like McKinsey and Gardner are doing, if, if you look at what, how much time a salesperson these days spends on actual selling, it's, it's, it's surprisingly low. Right? Mm. The rest of the time is spent on, on administration, on you know, filling in CRM systems, uh, collecting data, and all the rest of it. All very important things. But sales, and most people who choose to go into sales, go in it for the people part, for the, for yeah. the, for the relationship part. So basically, you know, to, 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 to bring some of that personal relationship building back, that's where social selling kicks in because you can use, and, and when I talk about social selling and building meaningful relationship, I mostly refer to LinkedIn right? because on LinkedIn in general, you know, LinkedIn in general offers the possibilities to build those relationships where, you know, you can argue about it, but where maybe Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and all the other social media that are important these days are more about broadcasting. Of course, they collect likes and comments and all the rest of it. But LinkedIn is really geared towards designed and built to build those relationships, both as an individual as well as as, as a company. Because, of course, as a company, you can, you can also create a company page to present yourself as a company and yeah like i mentioned social selling allows you to build those relationships bringing back some of the one-on-one -on -one relationship building but then of course in a digital manner so yeah that's that's basically uh, how i would define social selling quite an extensive uh, answer and why i think social selling is important but I guess also then it comes back to again when you you looked at the salesperson you took us down that journey it's about that ability to build relationship when you're not able to be one on one exactly you know post pandemic still it's, it's very hard to get people in a room or or meet people because they found out 
like we said now that sometimes this is just easier and therefore you know you don't get the same way of influencing them at the time you had before maybe in a pre-pandemic world so i guess again where if you can actually share value and influence them when you're not even on a call with them then it starts yeah. to become become quite quite powerful could could and you also i think you get a very good picture of what bad looks like it's not spamming it's not like sending out a lot of messages on social media but what what does good look like do you have some example where you can say that that's a company that does really well or an individual what is it they're very very good at social selling yeah that's that's i can i can talk for hours about answering that question i think you know i think it starts with when you start with social selling I think you first need to check the basics, if you will. So if, if if you want to start with social selling as an individual, how does your profile look like? Do you have a good photograph on your profile? Do you have a banner photograph that re represents who you are and what industry you work in or what you stand for in, in life? Are your is your education and are all the let's say all the sections of your profile complete? And therefore, does it does it represent who you are mm. i always like to say you know you you are who linkedin google uh, facebook uh, say who you are and you know in a business context it may be important to mention that you know when you look at buyers and sellers uh you know people check each other out if I if I uh, want to work with you and you're a potential supplier, I will check you out on LinkedIn. I will check your profile. I will see what you've posted. I will read what you've done. And I will form a picture of who you are. And sales is all about trust. So if the content that you post and if the, let's say, the photograph uh, uh, shows trust and, and, and you come across as a trustable person, and I then click uh, on your company page and I read about what your company does and what your company stands for, and what your company wants to achieve in this world. And it matches what I'm looking for. Then the chances of me wanting to do business with you are considerably higher. And if again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a statistics person in general, but it's, it's always good to make the point. And it's a statistic already a few years old, so it must be higher. But at the time, about in, in the pandemic period, 2020, 2021, Gartner found out that 78% of buyers research their potential sellers and companies on LinkedIn and other social media. So, so, so when those people research you and your profile is not what it's supposed to be, if, you're, if, if your presence is not who you really are then you're missing big opportunities yeah and i guess also because like well i'm thinking when we were talking we've been talking and then i've been going back with this interview look at all things this guy called daniel Priestley in the uk he called talks about the key person of influence and then there's a google talk about the zero moments of truth you know yep. and that's when you when you put your name in in the browser and you google yourself what exactly. comes up yeah. exactly the right things that's profiled you want other people to know about you and exactly yeah. is, is that that's gonna draw draw them all the way to to your business especially as a business leader myself and founder 
I'm working on that. I'm not saying I'm doing the, I'm not done because you're never done. That's what I've learned. You need to continue tweaking, improving. Mm-hmm. That even goes to the podcast as well. There's, there's always new things to learn to make sure the podcast stays in the, in the right audience in a way and the audience buy into it, what you're doing. But it's really, really interesting. One of the things, I don't know if you heard about this as well. When I was going back to Daniel Spreece's book, he talks about you know, there's a baseline of amount of content that you need to create to yes. be an interesting person to look at. And it's seven hours, he said. You need seven hours of content. That's the first block of all being looked at further. And then there is, you know, the you need to have a X amount of touch point. You might have a podcast. You maybe have some businesses you're involved in. You maybe have a book. You maybe... Uh, write articles on LinkedIn. There's, there's something that there has to be more than one touch point that you're doing. And he talks about 11 touch points, which I think is a lot of touch points for people to manage, but that's the the ideal. And then there's four interaction. I can get hold of you in four ways. And it's not difficult. I can call you, I can email you, I can meet you on Zoom, or I can meet you at these events you are, you're doing. Maybe you're doing live events or whatever as a company or as an individual. And it's really interesting, actually, the amount of work you need to do was actually sometimes, I don't know if you've seen that, stops people for doing this. Because when you get past that, I can say that for myself. It's very strong. like, And it just keeps building like instance rate when you save money into an account. It's just this compound impact of uh, what you put in in the early days. No, I think, you know, something that that I didn't mention uh when I define social selling, social selling is, is, you know, it's not a one-time event. It's not something that when, once you start, you can expect results overnight and then mm. you're done. It's, it's social selling is, is not a, it's not a, a sprint. It's a very long walk in the forest where along the way you meet very interesting people. Uh, but of course, to do that long walk, you need good shoes. You need to equip yourself. You need to, you know, you need to know where you're going. And then, of course, the whole journey will be very enjoyable. And and what I also, you know, what I also know from the from, from my from the early days. So when I started with the, the project back in, in Nestle Professional, I started it in, in 2015. And at the time, there was a bit of pushback. People, and rightfully so at the moment, people thought, you know, LinkedIn is 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 for CVs. It's 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 what you use if you want to to look for a new job, or to advertise yourself uh, that you're available for a new job. It's it's mm. a glorified CV database. And you know, it didn't take long for for the people around me to understand that because the individuals, because the members of LinkedIn maintain their own data, that they maintain contact details, they maintain the experience, they maintain the industry they work in, et cetera, et cetera. It didn't take long for people around me to understand, hang on, uh, that actually provides humongous advantage for us to be a lot more targeted in our in our communication. Uh, if, if you go back to the old days of marketing where you could buy telephone lists and email lists to reach out to the people that you wanted to reach out to, of course, uh, privacy laws and, and, and the complexity around response rates. If you would do an email campaign, you would get one or two percent response rate. You know, you could be very, very proud of yourself. But at the same time, you had 98, 99 percent waste. Yeah. So, so, so and again, coming back to 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 the success 
of sales and also to a certain extent marketing is about building trust. You need to build trust no matter what you do. You need to build trust. And if people trust you, they will buy from you. If people don't trust you, trust you as an individual or as a company, they will not buy from you. Yeah. So, so this one-on-one way was 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 very uh, powerful and that that ultimately allowed me to initiate the program uh and and allowed me back in 2015 to launch it and to to gain the experiences that i've gained over time so let's say that you you have an an average i would just stay on linkedin because i guess you could do you can use other channels for for, for social selling but i think in, in this context where a lot of the audience are leaders founders of businesses that probably yeah. wants to influence both to the consumer somehow but mostly either peers in the industry or suppliers or investors i think we stay with linkedin today is there like any you know best practices to start because i guess most people have some kind of profile i know there are some people that probably start from scratch they have not even put a picture on yet and so on but let's say the, yeah. in the situation here in the thought situation we we have an average profile that is mostly updated and all, but what is the best strategy to start you know doing social selling better what is this like the top advice yeah. no it, it's 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 probably the core question and the core answer is know who your audience is know who you mm -hmm. want to talk to and know on whose radar you want to be think about the channels uh that you want to that you want to reach out to and to be visible to and i think that that goes in two ways so you've got the individual so for example you're a salesperson within a company or you're the ceo or even a founder of a company if you if you want to be seen and if you want to be recognized as an owner or founder of a startup talk about what you do uh, but you can also use social media and linkedin in this case for example if you so linkedin offers a tool called linkedin sales navigator and that's what 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 we've used and what we've implemented uh, to a very large extent within nestle professional when i was uh, when i was still working for nestle because it allows you to go much deeper into the LinkedIn database. It allows you to search for people uh, using a lot of filters that are not available in the free version of LinkedIn. Uh, and LinkedIn calls them leads. Uh, but it also allows you to, to search uh, on a lot more, let's say, filters, if you will, on accounts, on the type of businesses that you want to, that you want to engage with. Uh, and if you're an investor, you can also use LinkedIn Sales Navigator to, sorry, if you're a founder, you can also use Sales Navigator to search for people who have investor as a keyword in their profile or in their job profile or in their description. Uh, and it could help you to identify those people that could be interesting for you. It becomes very interesting when, whether it's a prospective customer or an investor, investor when you have a mutual connection. And when you both know the same person and if you want to for example talk to a potential investor and you have a mutual uh, connection you could ask that mutual connection for an introduction mm. and of course the introduction the insights that sales navigator with that that sales navigator will give you that you have this mutual connection is by itself already very valuable uh, but it also the tool also allows you to then request 
the introduction through the tool itself. Of course, if you know that person quite well, you can always reach out via email or telephone. But if you don't know that connection too well, um, you can use another part of the functionality within Sales Navigator called an in-mail, uh, which basically is a message that you can send when you're already connected, uh, but LinkedIn calls it an in-mail when you're not connected. Right? So you can reach out to people through Sales Navigator that you don't have an email address for, that you don't have a mobile number for, but you can still reach out to them, sending them a message. You can add an attachment if you if you like, and if that's appropriate. Um, how about that's that's you know that's that's a very powerful way to start to build that relationship. Many people send out connection requests, uh, sometimes even blind, without meeting, without talking to each other. And the question is, in some channels and in some industries that works well that's okay it's accepted it's um, but in some countries and in some industries it's not it's not common practice mm. cold connection requests so sending an email will then allow you to to first introduce yourself uh, in a much better way in a much more sympathetic way uh, before you actually force yourself quote unquote into the network of the other person yeah, and I guess also you will be more top of mind because you put the effort in to exactly. write. Exactly. That's definitely my own experience when when you do it that way. And, exactly. and also when people write to you, you think, okay, they actually thought about why they want to connect. And then you might chat about a very specific thing and then it evolves over time in, in, in the chat conversation. But you know all the time as the one that reads out. What is the ultimate outcome you want to achieve? Well, you know, and, and if, if you remember, you know, the definition of social selling, it's about building meaningful relations. Hmm. If you send an email to somebody that you read a post from or that you read an individual post from a person or a company post about something that the company has, has done that that particular person works for, you can relate to that. You can say, hey, it's very interesting that, that you know, you've introduce this product or um you know whatever the activity the company or the person is doing if you can relate to something that's been published on social media or in, in linkedin in particular you actually latch on to something you start a conversation you you start building that relationship that is so important i love to work with the team over at BizSimply because they are always striving to get better 1% better every day. So I had to share this with you because we simply have launched a new blogcast, which highlights some of their favorite hospitality maverick podcast episodes over time. And if you're new or hardcore super fan of the show, this is a perfect opportunity to catch up with some of the standout episodes from our massive back catalog. The BizSimply team has and will be extensively transcribing interesting moments from each episode while providing some new insights on our brilliant guests, the Mavericks. There's already some great write-ups with Mavericks like Chef Santel Nicholson and the co-founder of Singerman's Community of Businesses, Ari Weinswein. Find them at bizsimply.com blog and click Blogcast on the right side menu.
Enjoy. Yes, I guess for for the audience here, it's like really, you know, there could be some people that need to sell something. It could also be they need to find key people to their organization they want to influence. We yep. can talk about investors. It could be that you want to be seen by industry peers or industry organization because you want to come and speak at their events. So you want yep. them to make feel comfortable that when you come to that event, you are a competent leader that can really talk about the things they, that they want you to talk about. And I guess as well, it's about, in a way, building a foundation that's not just reflecting good on you, but also reflects really good on your business brand if you are the founder, leader, sure. or the CEO of anything, or director at any Absolutely. level. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, when it comes to content, you've got several things that you can think about. I mean, you've got, yeah. of course, the, let's say the personal content, yeah, where as a person, you can write about who you are, what you believe in, and you can write about that as a salesperson, but but as a founder of a company, you talked. Uh, uh, you know, if you if you if you if you want to achieve something, you know, if you if you want to be seen as some somebody who wants to do good in the world, somebody who wants to change things for the good, it's it's very important to talk about what you as a person believe in. It's great that the company, you've got the company content. That is, of course, great. But it's always a human being will always be more attractive of what another human being has to say, if that makes sense. Yeah. Then, of course, if you talk about content, you can talk about thought leadership content, post uh, articles, uh, the blog, the blogs that you do, the, 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 you can organize webinars, you can do all sorts of things. That, that help you to position yourself, not only as an individual, but also as a company, as a thought leader in your industry. It, it basically helps your potential customer through their buyer journey. It helps them to determine, okay, where does this company uh, can help me in making the right decisions, if that makes sense. From a, from a content point of view, if you just stay here, Herman, um, it's a something you shouldn't do. We, we Now we're on the LinkedIn platform. It's just like things where don't do that. That's not going to really help you on your journey to build that kind of professional brand you want around yourself and, and your yeah. business. Yeah, never do. Basically, the, the, the simple answer is never be too promotional because that's boring. People are not interested in uh you know i've i've got this product and now it's uh, buy one get one free yeah if you can you know and and it's a bit of a cliche but storytelling you know really really works on social media and so yeah. if you if you if you if you package your message into a story it becomes a different thing you can become a lot more impactful yeah so if you for example indicate a reason why you give a certain promotion if you if you dress it up saying you know this month we are heavily promoting this particular product because the proceeds uh, go to charity or you know whatever the reason is why you do that promotion, um, it, you know it could be more relevant and it could be more resonating with your target audience. But in general, if you're too promotional, People in general don't care less that you've just won a new customer as an individual, or you know, it, yeah, it's it's tell the stories, uh, make sure that relevancy 
is is high uh you know is a component that is high uh or yeah let, let me put it another way uh your content should be relevant for for your target audience and, and yeah. of course, you know, once in a while yeah, at value and i had somebody tell me once you know never get you know in general in life but i think he meant it also also when on all platforms i've had this conversation with people if you're angry about something the, the world don't care how angry you are about something no. if you're not really coming up with solution if you're just attacking things and actually showing you throwing your anger at problems i think the stoics talked about it way back in the roman empire you know anger leads to nothing yes. it's understandable you would get angry but then don't grab the the social platform to throw that out that's one of the things i've seen sometimes where i think okay well that that brand now is going to be into deep trouble or something a consequence going to come out of this that that's going to be take longer to come out of than it took to write that post well if if content creates anger with your audience you know never start a public discussion through yeah. the comment section under the post. Uh, if, if what is very important that you do is you engage when somebody when you post and you yeah. actually and actually people take the efforts to engage with your content. They ask questions or they put in their own insights or they put criticism insights, which which of course as a company can always happen. I work for the largest food company in the world, and in the Netherlands we say high trees catch most of the wind. So yeah, you know it's it is. You know, part of life when when uh, when you're in a in a big company, um, and you know, always take comments and always take feedback and engagement seriously. And if comments are critical, or if, if they're negative, or what or something like that, always respond, but not necessarily publicly. Send a direct message, uh, either through through the same platform, uh, but always take. The content seriously. At the same time, if people give you a compliment, thank them for it. If people uh, put extra insight in there to add to the point that you made, either as an individual or as a company, be grateful yeah. and, and make sure that you engage with that. Because, you know, we've talked about content areas, and there are a few more that uh, that I can describe. But comments, either as an individual or as a company. Comments are also content. That they also, you know, they also allow you to show who you are and to build trust and build relationships. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does make sense because you you're building on the already, I guess, from the momentum of the post and when what is all about. As I understand, like getting this, it's like how do you how do you start get get a starting shot. Of something, and actually, it's funny you said before. And I actually wanted to come back, and we can tie it into this. And actually, when you're as a founders of business, become very clear about something you believe in. And for example, I believe that pulses is the best way to to feed the world. And I talk a bit about that on LinkedIn. That had huge traction, and people yeah. get very engaged in that. Or either people write to me outside the platform, yeah. you know, asking. Where can I get more information about that? And then you start a conversation in direct messaging and so on. So yep. again, it's really powerful when you you know you step forward and talk about why you believe in in your business is necessary to be in the Absolutely. world. Or so, so I think it's really and that's really where the comments comes in again, where you can get more of your beliefs in and beliefs yep. drives action. 
and then the belief's going to be fueled and then there's more action and that could be also be action of other people to put things in the comments so i think it's the whole belief framework and actually i think often we go on to advertise as you say and don't think about actually we need to talk about what we believe in and the change we want to see that, that needs to happen because we're always moving forward time is a forward moving thing so we want to see something better and if you can give people hope i guess you also build meaningful relationship with them yeah. and that's your job as a a business owner slash founder i would say in the most things so i think totally totally gives sense that that's the the approach i don't know that's that gives sense in your view what i just said oh absolutely I and i think if somebody comments if if you you mentioned the example of of uh, of your startup pulse kitchen hmm. i think if people comment or send you an email or 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 you know add their ideas or have questions to you in a direct way you can use that as as a topic for your next post you could you could if because obviously if one person has that comment or has that question you can bet your bottom that others will have that same question or concern as well but they haven't reached out to you yeah so use it as a as a theme for uh, or a subject for a next uh, next piece of content so yeah so 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 content you know social selling is nothing ultimately it's nothing without content eh? whether whether it's 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 an email message a post uh, a carousel post video content you know whatever content you share it's uh, it's important and creating content is not always easy eh? it's it's uh, um, as i said uh, it's not it's not a sprint. It's something that you have to do consistently over time and on a regular basis. You have to be be interesting. And the danger is that for your audience, you start banging on the same drum all the time. So you you know you have to when you think about your content strategies, you have to think about how can we go beyond what my core business is, but it still should be relevant, of course. And a way there could be to to use keywords, uh, for example, in LinkedIn, but also use Google Alerts, where based on specific search terms, uh, Google presents to you articles and content that have been published on other media that you can then either uh, curate or share one-on-one -on -one through social media, through through in our case, then uh, LinkedIn through your company page or, or through your individual, well, um, which ultimately, if you can add those insights, if you can add and if you can bring more added value to your audience, um, you know, that's that's how, let's say, third party content can really help to make your point, to, 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 to create more awareness for the for the subjects that you think are interesting. Yeah, and I guess also it helps you sometimes to not have to create everything from the bottom. It could be that really? you're just sharing something that has had high value for you yep. as you're reading it through. And then if it has high value for you, it probably will have some to somebody else in your network. Or they will actually have a look at it because they already, as you say, they know you, they like you, they trust you. So yep. they will definitely go and read that book or whatever it is that you, you, you're sharing because actually that builds. And also that shows you not just promoting business, but you're also, also trying to help others getting better, I guess. Well, I think, you know, credibility helps to build trust. And credibility is something that you can achieve by sharing the content with your audience 
that your audience is interested in. And if you help educate, quote unquote, your audience, if you make them smarter, if you make them wiser about the topic that you all care about, that you and your followers and your customers care about, um, for whatever reason, it can be idealism, uh, but it also can be very pragmatic, uh, pragmatic information. Uh, it can be insights on how to run a better business. You know, I, I loved your recent posts on, on Zettable for, uh, for Pulse Kitchen on how that platform can help buyers determine the impact when they buy your product. Mm. It's not just saying, hey, we've got a great, a great product, but actually when you buy our product compared to a traditional uh, meat-based product, um, you know, you, you are better for the world. And, you know, don't forget a large, a large number of companies these days, big or small, doesn't matter, have sustainability in their mission. They, they want to, you know, whether it's, it's greenwashing or not, but, but a large number of companies want to do better for the world. And I think we are at a point in time that it's just like, you know, if you call as you said, it could be greenwashing, it could also could be not, but there is definitely in five years time, if you're not making impact, then then you're definitely out of business, I think. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But buyers, for example, so so uh, in my experience working for Nestle Professional, of course, we we dealt our, our salespeople deal with a lot of buyers and the buyer's objective is to buy the same stuff, but then a couple of percent cheaper than last year. Mm. You know, yeah. that that's in general the objective. And of course, I'm I'm simplifying it hugely. But, you know, that's one of the big benefits of social selling is that it allows you to identify as a salesperson or as a founder or whatever, but it allows you to identify other people outside the buyer's network that could be relevant. You know, one of the one of the great examples that that uh, I can talk about, uh, not in too much detail, of course, is from uh, one of our markets <clears throat> who wanted to close a, a contract with a large catering company, and of course, a catering company buy a lot of you know they buy a lot of food and beverage products, and their buyers you know have the target to buy the same, but then for for less money. And this, this market, this team decided as a sales and marketing team to collaborate strongly and think about, you know, how can we win this account? How can we make sure that we're not only, we will be on the radar of a number of, of people on this, uh, on the radar of a number of people on the, for this company, work in this company. Uh, but how can we, in a way, you know, bypass uh, the purchasing department? And their solution was to, to, to involve and approach the marketing director. And this marketing director was very, very interested when our colleagues start to talk about the concept of flexitarianism. Uh, so, of course, we all know what a vegetarian is and what a vegan uh, person does. But a flexitarian is something that a few years ago was still a relatively new concept where people out of principle don't necessarily don't eat meat, but they replace meat with a plant-based alternative uh, because it tastes good, it tastes well, but uh, but also at the same time, they do something good for the, for the planet. Now, you can imagine that a catering, a large catering company uh, caters for large companies and those companies, the customers of those catering companies in turn 
have their own sustainability objectives. Yeah, so they want to save energy. They will, I don't know, rather than keep the lights on all night in the, in the offices, they turn them off after 7 p.m. You know, to save electricity, et cetera, et cetera. But if, is, if as a, a catering company, you can help your customers to be more sustainable by offering the right menu, by replacing meat uh, for plant-based uh, alternatives, by helping the customers to save energy in the kitchen, you know, in all sorts of ways, sort of preparation ways or, or whatever. If, for example, you place coffee machines that uh, use less energy, uh, if you can all make that visible and transparent for the buyer, you'll, you will be more relevant. And again, that, that's where social selling kicks in again. If you can talk about the buying motives to your audience and they are relevant, and they are, you know, they, they help them look good internally if they would work with you that that is what where you want to go if you can help a buyer look good by providing them the right insights uh, why uh, that particular company should work with you uh, that's when you win yeah it's really interesting i had a, an old boss of mine once said michael your job is to get other people promoted yeah. Always, although it doesn't yeah. matter what you do, if you run operation, HR, whatever it is, your job is to get other promoted and you will eventually yourself sell or get promoted, you know, and that's your biggest job in life uh, if you really? want to influence. And then he gave me a book that's called, uh, <laughs> I think of what it's called. Uh, let me just turn around here. Still have it. It's called Power. Yeah. Power. power. And it's about actually how you understand power in society and organization. So I, I'd never read it in my early years. I read it much later. And then I, yeah. oh, that was why he was talking about that because it was <laughs> like this heavy book of 300 pages. So my early 20s was not so interesting, yeah. uh, but I got to it. And then I really understand now that that's, that's your job. There's always, yeah. you can yeah. always help somebody and they will come back and help you. So, so you have that, to know. that was a really good example you gave Herman about because that's really a great result. You win an account because you work together, you influence the right stakeholders. Yeah. But how should I measure success at this? Because it's it's a bit, you know, I know for myself, yeah. I don't know if I'm winning or losing sometimes, or but how do you measure success? What is a yeah? You... No, it's 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 a good question. And I think you know I think you can you can apply a number of you know, KPIs or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and of course, if you if you want to look at, you know, potentially vanity metrics, uh, vanity KPIs, but if you if you look at likes and comments and, and shares, these are very important. Yeah? So they basically reconfirm the value uh, and the relevancy of your content. But you can have 5 million followers, but if you don't sell anything, you know, what 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 ultimately is the point? So ultimately, it needs to be Again, when we talk about social selling, it needs to be about selling. Uh, but, but how do you do that? So, so basically, when you talk about selling, it's not just a salesperson that should be at it. It should be marketing that's involved. You can imagine HR playing a certain role. I haven't talked about the organizational type of content that you can share and where you let employees talk about how great your company is, what their experience is, and give the company, literally give them a face, uh, absolutely critical. But if you, if, if you ultimately, if you want to measure success, it's about the number of leads 
and opportunities that you've been able to to generate out of using the social media as, as a channel to reach out to your customers and prospects. Mm. So, you know, a number of ways to do that, of course, is when you have a CRM system. So when you manage leads and opportunities, when your business is a little bit larger, I can imagine that if you have a very small business, you don't necessarily have a CRM system or a Salesforce automation system. But when you have, it's always important to, 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 to record where that lead came from. Did it come from a campaign? Marketing, of course, can run sponsored campaigns. And social selling is not necessarily always about organic content. It's also about sponsored campaigns. And you, can, you can run a sponsored campaign sharing uh, a white paper on trends and insights that people can download uh, and if people download it and they can ask for more information, that can, of course, generate leads. And those leads can, of course, turn into opportunities and opportunities can turn into, into business with a certain value. Uh, so, so ultimately, it's important to record the leads and opportunities that come out of your social selling uh, activities, record them properly in your systems. If you don't have a system, record them in Excel, record them in Word, but record a couple of elements of that lead, of that opportunity, record them somewhere. And of course, once that lead or opportunity has become a, a deal and that value of that deal is, is understood and is clear, then you know what the return on investment is. Ultimately, uh, you know, you, you, want, you want to understand how much value your efforts have brought you. Yeah. Um, I think like just to pitch in myself, I do a bit of tracking of it, but I can definitely right now, I know there's a deal that will happen in a business I'm involved in because yeah. of years of building out the social selling. There's multiple networks to touch into this deal. But the yeah. reason why it didn't take 18 months, maybe eight months is the power of consistency as well and actually not be focusing on the short-term goal but actually as you say looking for those wins the leads when it comes the connection when it comes yep. um and there has been multiple meetings before that i didn't even know leaded to that but it was all when you start tracking it back you can see it all started on linkedin for some reason which is yep. quite and i was as i was preparing to this really the reflection game of the power that and then I started tracking back and saw when I connected with that person then I connected that then I got involved in that yeah. then I ended up sitting next to the CEO at a certain event which led to we could progress the deal now very very quickly so we avoided a lot of buyers that will just want to yeah. do, have the product cheaper and have all yeah. kind of barriers up that, that's been super insightful side uh, on, on the social selling. I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions because we're running out of time. And yeah, I sure. to, because also you have this incredible business experience and you're a business leader in your own right. So what is like your top learning, like, you know, in the new world we live in and, and we talked a bit about before we went online, it's mad. Out there, you know? And every week yeah. there's some kind of event, if it's a war or something happening in the world where uh, how do we actually, you know, how how do we actually how do we actually learn from it going so fast? But what have like been one of your most significant learnings the last couple of years as you have 
move forward in the new world order? Yeah, I think uh, you know it's 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 a uh, it's a it's a in a way it's a tough question because there are so many things. I think I think on a, on a personal level, uh, you know, certainly what what's going on in the world and the instability, you can go crazy. When you look at technology, and of course the topic where we talk about now, social selling, you know, artificial intelligence is something that that you know is really will really influence uh, business and also the area of social selling. Think about you know ChatGPT that you can use to write your posts. Yeah. Uh, you can work, use WordTune to summarize articles, and you can you know, post it directly onto LinkedIn. Uh, so there's a lot of artificial intelligence technology if you will that can help you streamline and publish your content but at the same time i also notice it with myself there is also a, a content fatigue there's so much out there that you know how can you how can you remain relevant uh, and sometimes it's better to stay silent for a while Uh, do you always have to make noise? Mm. Uh, um, uh, and, and it's my conviction that when you do make noise, it has, again, it has to add value. It has to make sense. So I think the biggest learning certainly is, you know, and again, when it comes to social selling is you are who you are or you are what basically LinkedIn and, and, and Google and, and Facebook and Instagram say you who you are. Yeah. So never, never, never forget that. Think, you know, and if you, if you consider that, if you, if you think about how your presence is, what sort of content you have, but also how your profile looks like, et cetera, et cetera, uh, because that's under your control. Uh, at least, you know, digitally, your, 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 you know, your visibility is 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 good. You, you know, you. Yeah, how you say that? Your the perception of what people think about, as yeah. you said in the beginning. You know, it's it's. It, and I love actually you're giving a bit of advice here. With like actually, I think I got many years ago. I think I wasn't this because I worked at McDonald's. We had this Stephen R. Coe, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and he talks about the circle of influence. But in principle, you can only in a world of chaos, you can only control what you can control. Yeah, exactly. And you have to focus on that. If you try to focus on all the things you can't control, you you go mad, as you said. You And I think that's a great advice as well, uh, because actually here you can maybe actually influence the agenda of some of the things you, you might not are happy with. You might be able to change the system slowly, but everybody's small dent matters. So yeah, I thought I thought that was really really good, and I actually like the whole thing with that. Actually, something you're in control of, and I had thought about it in that way. We are actually in control of that in a way. That's not the economy or whatever it is. We can actually share value and try to make other people's life better. In principle, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think. You know, when you're when you're in a in a business, whether you know as an individual or as a company, you always have to do good to the to to, to the world. Yeah, whether it's it's uh, as a, as a company, whether it is to 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 society or to your employees. Uh, don't forget, large businesses also have a large of a uh, large number of of uh, suppliers. All those people, all those suppliers have employees. Employees that help families, they have an income. Income is used to pay mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, yeah. so, 
you know, something I haven't talked about is that I strongly believe in connected organizations. Uh, very often, you know, sales and marketing, for example, they don't necessarily work together. They don't really collaborate. So you have discussions on sales saying to marketing, the leads that you generate are crap and uh, marketing saying to, to uh, and, and marketing saying to sales, you don't follow up, uh, you know, I, I, we put a lot of money in generating leads and you don't do anything with it. And, you know, this sales and marketing collaboration is, 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 is critical to basically uh, to be as effective and as relevant as you can be, you know, yeah. I think it's really a good note to to end on because I had this conversation the other day. We are so connected and we forget that yeah. sometimes, especially when things get difficult or we're going through a challenging time. And we, I think it's not like the pandemic now, but it feels like it's another big bump right now in a way. And I actually think it's harder now than it was in the pandemic. At least we we knew what we were dealing with. And now it's like all these, you know, untangible things, you know, is the economy bad? Is it good? And really people have different experiences because like inflation is good for some, it's bad for others. Uh, and there's so much example of that thing, actually understanding the power of how we are connected inside organization, but also outside. And at the end of the day, that's will never change and yeah. it has huge impact. Uh, what we do uh, with the knowledge we have and, and, and the good stuff put out in the world. Where can people find out more about you if they want to connect with you? I guess LinkedIn is, is one way. LinkedIn is probably the best way. If people want to reach out to me, uh, they can go to my LinkedIn page. My email address and my phone number are, are, are on there. Uh, happy to talk uh, about that, uh, about social selling uh, and about anything business related, customer lifecycle management. You know, whatever uh, the topic of uh, of question is for the person. Yeah. Great, great. Thank you so much, Herman, for, for coming on the show, sharing your incredible knowledge about social selling and, and your business advice as well, the life experience, sending you uh, power and energy. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate that you're listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share with others, rate it or give it a review. Or subscribe to one of our channels, which all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. I believe that reading books is key to become a great leader. So I've helped you with a curated list of some of the books that have impacted the guests here in the show and myself over the years. Find it on Hospitality Mavericks website, hospitalitymavericks.com, under the reading list. A big thank you to BizTemply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at BizSimply.com or on their social at BizSimply or BizSimplyHQ. You can also email them directly at podcast at BizSimply.com. If you have any ideas and feedback for the show or other thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or my email, michael at hospitalitymaverick.com. I'm Michael Tinkser, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick!